all right all right all right all right all right ladies and gentlemen welcome back to the evangelical student network podcast my name is Kaspar Mapurisa and I am so excited to join you today and I hope you're as excited as I am I'm so excited friends as we continue with our series which is entitled the Bible in 10 where we endeavor to help us see how the Bible tells one story and how the books of the Bible are all connected Uh, last week we saw how God created a perfect world and created uh, perfect people and placed them in uh, that perfect place but fast forward to today obviously we are not in a perfect world and we are not perfect people Um, so in this episode we see how uh, we got here how we got to be where we are today so ladies and gentlemen without wasting much of your time let's dive in Um, but yeah welcome back to uh, ESN our Bible talks I am personally so excited to be here and more so I'm honored to share God's word um, 2nd Timothy chapter 3 verse 16 tells us that all scripture is God breathed right uh, or it's inspired by God so when we interact with the scriptures we are actually interacting with God speaking himself so I pray that we would receive his word today as him speaking to us and uh, more so that we would take his word and apply it in our lives. Uh, James tells us that let's not be hearers, right? Deceiving ourselves, but let's be doers of the word. So before we begin, let's go before him in prayer and ask for him to help us. Our God and our Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you that your word is alive and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword. Um, We thank you that your word is a discerner of um, hearts, of the intentions of our hearts. Lord, this afternoon we pray that as we hear your word that you would convict us, that you would teach us, that you would um, reprove us. And Lord, that we would apply it uh, to our lives for your glory and the expansion of your kingdom. Lord, I pray for myself that as I speak, that I'll speak your word with clarity. I pray that you would silence every thoughts that are coming from my mind, um, that your people may hear you speak. We pray all these things in your son's name. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Um, So the musical artist and Bible teacher and pastor named Shailene says this, open quote. He says, each of our lives is a story and with each new person we meet, we become a part of their story and they become a part of ours. The God who created the universe has somehow woven together these billions of stories into one story, which is the greatest story ever told, close quote. And what he means by this is that for those of us who are truly saved, for those of us who truly know the Lord, uh, throughout our different geographical locations and throughout history, while we're all different in more ways than one, we share a common thread, which is that we can 
all testify and say, I was lost, but now I am found. Amen. And similarly, the Bible contains 66 books written by 40 authors in different times and in different places, different writing styles, yet it contains a common thread. And with this study, we aim to help us to see how all these different books by these different authors uh, fit in together to tell one story, which is the story of God's redemption. And last week, we established a framework um, that we're going to be following throughout the study, and uh, that will that framework will help us to see how this all fits together. And we said the framework is that of uh, God's kingdom. And by God's kingdom, we mean God's people in God's place under God's rule and blessing. Very important. Uh, if, if you could just keep that at the front of your mind or at the definitely not at the back of your mind, but just just remember this, that when we're talking, the, 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 this study, we're going to be viewing redemptive history. We're going to be viewing the story of the Bible through the lens of the kingdom of God, right? Or God's kingdom. And we're going to define it by, uh, how we're going to define God's kingdom is God's people in God's place under God's rule and enjoying his blessing. And last week, uh, Gamu is the one who... who who, who led us in the study. And um, he, we saw God creating the heavens and the earth and all that is in it and everything is good and perfect. And we see God making mankind in his image and placing him in the beautiful garden of Eden. And um, because everything is perfect, it means that man is also in perfect relationship with God, number one, Man is also in perfect relationship with mankind, Eve, and man is also in perfect relationship with the rest of creation, right? And in Genesis chapter 1, verse 31, we see God saying, the Bible says, and God saw everything that he had made, and behold, it was very good. So everything is perfect. It's bliss. It's, 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 it's what we would call a utopia, right? And we see this, this, this framework working uh, perfectly. We see God's people, Adam and Eve, in God's place, which is the Garden of Eden, under God's rule and enjoying <coughs> God's blessing, excuse me. But today, the story takes a very dark and different turn. So I want you to imagine a beautiful melody made up of different sounds, made up of, 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 of different instruments playing harmoniously together in rhythm, right? And then suddenly there's a distortion and that rhythm is disturbed and the melody becomes unpleasant moving forward, right? And so that's how, that's what we see in Genesis chapter 3 where we're going to read today. If you've got your Bible, um, please turn there. <clears throat> we're going to read Genesis chapter 3 from verse 1 to verse 19. <clears throat> I'm going to read. It says, Now the serpent was more crafty than any other beast of the field that the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, Did God actually say you shall not eat of any, sorry, you shall not eat of any tree in the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, 
We may eat of the fruit of the trees in the garden, but God said you shall not eat of the fruit of the tree that is in the midst of the garden, neither shall you touch it, lest you die. But the serpent said to the woman, you will not surely die. For God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was a delight to the eyes and that the tree was to be desired to make one wise, she took it, sorry, she took of its fruit and ate. And she also gave some to her husband who was with her and he ate. Then the eyes of both were opened and they saw that they were naked and they sawed fig leaves together and made themselves loincloths. And they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And the man and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. But the Lord God called to the man and said to him, Where are you? And he said, I heard the sound of you in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. He said, Who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten of the tree of which I commanded you not to eat? The man said, The woman whom you gave to me, you, whom you gave to be with me, she gave me fruit of the tree and I ate. Then the Lord God said to the woman, What is this that you have done? The woman said, The serpent deceived me and I ate. The Lord God said to the serpent, Because you have done this, cursed are you above all livestock and above all beasts of the field. On your belly you shall go and dust you shall eat all the days of your life. I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your offsprings and her offspring. He shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel. To the woman he said, I will surely multiply your pain in childbearing. In pain you shall bring forth children. Your desire shall be for your husband and he shall rule over you. And to Adam he said, because you have listened to the voice of your wife and have eaten of the tree of which I commanded you, you shall not eat of it. Cursed is the ground because of you. In pain you shall eat of it all the days of your life. Thorns and thistles it shall bring forth for you and you shall eat the plants of the field. By the sweat of your face you shall eat bread till you return to the ground, for out of it you were taken, for you are dust, and to dust you shall return. Uh, God bless the reading of his word. Amen. And so in, in, in uh, Genesis chapter 3, what we're going to do this afternoon is I would want us to, to break it into two parts. I want us to see um, the first part as the cause of the fall, where we see Satan's de uh, deceptive tactics. And then the second section, we are going to see the consequences of the fall, or rather the results of the fall. Um, I know some of you have heard of the phrase, the fall, and where it comes from is, as we say, that God created um, a perfect universe, right? And man was in perfect relationship with God, man was in perfect relationship with one another, and man was in perfect relationship with 
his environment or with the rest of creation, and it was perfect. But when man disobeyed God, um, everything went downwards, right? And therefore, it's referred to as the fall. And so in the portion that we just read, we see a new character that uh, hadn't been mentioned before, and that is the serpent, a.k.a. Satan, and he comes into the scene and he successfully deceives Eve. So let's look at, at, his, ta- as, at his tactics, uh, which is the first section that we're going to look at, uh, the cause of the fall. The first thing that he does in verse 1, he comes and says, did you actually say, sorry, did God actually say you shall not eat of any tree in the garden? So what the serpent does is he questions God's word. That's, that's, that's how he begins to, to, to finesse the situation in his favor, right? He begins by questioning uh, God's word and causing mankind to question God's word. And then in verse 4, he then takes it a step further and opposes God's word. The Bible says in verse 4, but the serpent said to the woman, you will not surely die, right? This is after she had told him that, no, God said we should not eat of this fruit uh, lest we die. And he opposes God's word by saying, you will not surely die. And then his third tactic is he presents rebellion as the ideal. In verse 5, he says, For God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. So it's, it's quite interesting that in Genesis chapter 1, verse 26, we're told that God said, let us make man in our own image, right? So man is already made in God's image, right? Man was, mankind was already made in God's image. Mankind was perfect already. But Satan makes it seem like God's command is restrictive when in, fact a safe, when in fact God's commands are a safeguard meant for our good and for our flourishing. And we, we, we need to notice something here, friends, that when Satan questions God's word and when Satan opposes God's word, by implication, he is questioning and opposing God's authority. So when Adam and Eve ate uh, the fruit, it was not mere disobedience. It was rebellion, right? It was not passive disobedience, but it was an active rebellion. And throughout history and to this day, Satan continues and constantly uses these tactics. And like Adam and Eve, we constantly fall for his tricks. And so after the interaction with the serpent, Eve is deceived and her husband, who is there with her, eats the fruit in disobedience to God. And next, we see the consequences of the fall. I mean, I think maybe after they ate the fruit, sometimes I try to put in my imagination, you know, when they ate the fruit, they're like, oh, we're we're still alive, right? They're like, well, it's it's not that bad, right? (laughs) But (laughs) on the second section, we begin to see the consequences of their rebellion against, uh, against God. Remember the framework that we're using, we're following the theme of God's kingdom, which we defined as God's people in God's place, under God's rule, and enjoying his blessing, right? And we said as a result of, of, of these people being in, in um, 
these people being God's people under God's place, uh, under God's rule and enjoying his blessing, we see that man, like we say, that man is in perfect relationship with God, with fellow mankind and with creation. But when they rebel against God, the opposite becomes true. They are no longer God's people because they have rebelled against God. They are no longer in God's place because uh, um, if, if you look at verse 24, God kicks them out of the garden and they are no longer under his rule, enjoying his blessing. Instead, they are in rebellion and God is pronouncing curses upon them as we are going to see. And so as a result of them rebelling against God, the relationships that were perfect initially are ruined. Firstly, their relationship with God is ruined. In verse 8 to 10, And they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day, and the man and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. But the Lord called to the man and said to him, Where are you? And he said, I heard the sound of you in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. Now, we see God coming to men, right? I think this implies that God would occasionally come to men and interact with him, right? But this time, instead of interacting with God boldly as they did previously, they are filled with fear and shame, so they hide. If you read in, in, verse, uh, in chapter 2, verse 24, which is the previous chapter, we are told that previously both of them were naked and not ashamed. But now they are in hiding. They are afraid and ashamed. So their relationship with God is ruined. They no longer relate the same with God. And secondly, their relationship with one another is ruined. Verse 11 to 12, Adam is asking him, uh, when God comes, he says, Adam, where are you? And he says, ah, we saw that we're naked and we hid, right? And God said, who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten of the tree of which I commanded you not to eat? The man said, the woman you gave to be with me. She gave me the fruit of the tree and I ate. So instead of, of, of Adam cherishing and delighting in his wife, he shifts all the blame towards her. It's the woman. <laughs> when, when God asks him, he says, it's the woman. He points at, at, at his wife. But remember when, 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 when Adam woke up from his sleep, remember um, how God put Adam into a deep sleep when he created Eve, right? And when he woke up, he's, he's delighted and he breaks into song, right? He says, um, uh, at, at last she's uh, bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh. He sings. Actually, some people uh, say that um, the reason why she, she is called woman is because Adam woke up and he's like, whoa, man, <laughs> right? And that's why she's called woman. <laughs> of course, that's, that's a joke, <laughs> right? He, he no longer delights in his wife. He's shifting the blame, right? Furthermore, when God pronounces the curses in chapter uh, 3, verse 16, um, part B, he says, uh, your desire shall be contrary to your husband, but he shall rule over you. 
They are no longer in harmony, in other words, but instead they have contrary desires. Right? They, 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 they have contrary desires. When previously um, they, used to, they, they used to exist um, in harmony, but now the Bible tells us that um, a husband will rule over the woman, right? And so the relationship with one another is ruined. And thirdly, their relationship with the rest of creation is ruined. Verse 17 to 18. As God pronounces the curses on them, he says to Adam, because you have listened to the voice of your wife and have eaten of the tree of which I commanded you, you shall not eat of it. Cursed is the ground because of you. In pain you shall eat of it all the days of your life. Thorns and thistles it shall bring forth for you. And you shall eat the plants of the field. Uh, previously, if you look at, at um, Genesis chapter 2, the ground would essentially water itself. Uh, the Bible says a mist rose and watered the earth. Um, and then when man was given uh, the work of tending to the garden, it was good, right? It was, it was, it was pleasant. Work was pleasant. Some people say that uh, work is a result of the fall. No, work was there from the beginning. Because when Adam was, was uh, created, God gave him work. He said, you will tend to the garden, right? And, but then at that time, work was pleasant. It was enjoyable. It was fulfilling, I believe. But after the rebellion, the ground is cursed. The plants are now producing thorns and thistles. And pleasant work becomes toil and painful. It becomes tedious, right? Because now their relationship with creation has changed. Their relationship with creation has been ruined. And up to this day, we see those effects, right? We see how, you know, um, sometimes you, you, for those of you who, who, who have done a bit of farming, of gardening, one of the worst things uh, in my life. I, I hate gardening. And so when I was living with my mom, like she wanted me to maintain a garden, right? She would want me to cultivate it. She would want me to, to water it, to plant things and see them grow and so on and so forth. I hated it because it was hard work. It was, and you know, you, you water it today and your plants started growing. Then you see weeds coming there. You see thorns and so on and so forth. Now you have to cultivate it again, right? Because those are the continuing effects of the rebellion that Adam and Eve did. And we also partake um, of it because we are their descendants. We inherit the rebellion. And, and, and not only do we inherit it, we are actively rebellious against God. Okay? And those are the effects of the fall. Man's relationship with God is ruined. Man's relationship with one another is ruined. Man's relationship with creation is ruined. And so, as we said when we began, that beautiful melody and rhythm is distorted and ruined. And from there, everything goes downhill very fast and it becomes progressively worse. In Shona, I think this is where we'll say, we see that, that that's where all the issues began. Creation that was previously perfect goes downhill 
very fast and it becomes progressively worse as uh, the history of the Bible unfolds. Because Adam and Eve have become sinful, their children inherit their sin nature. And their children's children inherit their sin nature up to us today. And in chapter 4, we see Cain murdering his brother Abel, the first human death recorded in the Bible. By the time we get to chapter 6, the Bible tells us that man is wicked. And the Bible says that every intention of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continuously. And God is grieved and even regrets making man. Imagine God saying, man, I regret making you. And, 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 and you know, I've felt this a, a bit from my parents, right? You know, like when you mess up as a child and your parent says, I'm so disappointed in you. You know, I regret doing X, Y, Z for you because you just blew it. You know how, how, how that feels? <laughs> and God is regretting making mankind, and in the, in, the, in the story of Noah, we see a flood coming to annihilate um, creation. It's very dark, and it's kind of a contrast from what we, we learned last, last week, right? Where God is creating and everything is good, but it takes a dark turn. But praise the Lord that this is not where the story ends. Even in the chaos, we still see God's goodness, mercy, and grace as he pursues rebellious mankind. On a micro level, in the garden, we see God still pursuing mankind while he is hiding out of fear and shame, right? God still comes and he's the one who reaches out and calls him out and calls out to Adam. But on a, on a grander scale, on a macro level, as we're going to see next week, God makes a promise to restore his people to a place. Once again, they will become his people, right? Remember that right now, Adam and Eve are not his people because mankind has rebelled against God. And those that followed are, are still not his people because God is regretting that he created these people. But next week, we're going to see God making a promise to his people, right? That he will, he, will, he will make them his people and that he will restore his people to a place and where they will live under his rule, enjoying his blessing. That should give us hope, friends, even as we are reading this text, that this is not the end of the story. Even in this dire situation, in this chaos, we still see God's goodness, we still see his grace, and we still see his mercy. And remember, uh, we, we did not read that section, that when men uh, sinned against God, they took fig leaves and created um, loincloths to cover themselves, right? But after God still pursues and reaches out to them, he goes a step further and he kills an animal, right? And he makes some clothing for them. He is still actively pursuing rebellious men, which he's still doing today. And this is where next week we'll see um, a bit of a 
going a, 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 a not necessarily a climax, but we'll see an ascension of, of, of the narrative, right? Because God continuously pursues us. God continuously shows us his mercy and his grace, even in our rebellion against him. Let's pray. Our God and our Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you that your word, your word is life, Lord. Your word is a light unto our path and a lamp unto our feet. Lord, we pray that um, for those of us who know you, that Lord, you will continue to draw us to yourself. But Lord, for those of us who do not know you, I pray that through your word, Lord, you would convict and bring them to yourself that they may see your goodness, that, Lord, they may enjoy being identified as your people, as being a part of your kingdom, under your rule and enjoying your blessing. Our Lord, we pray all these things in your son's name. Amen. Ladies and gentlemen, there you have it. As you can see how God's perfect world um, took a dark turn and we still see the effects of the fall today uh, is it the end is there any hope ladies and gentlemen join us on the next episode as we see um, God making a promise to his people friends my name is Kasper Mapurisa and this has been the Evangelical Student Network podcast Catch you on the next one. Grace and peace. <laughs>